Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 3rd of August 2010. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and bookmark the sites you see listed there, all the other sites I've got. Because if sometimes experience sticking on downloads or audios, try these alternate sites because so many folk go into the com at the same time, generally the, the day after I've, um, I've aired this on the air. So try these other sites. Plus, if anything happens to the, to the com site in the future, which has happened before, you'll always have a, at least one or two sites to download from in the meantime. And while you're at it too, remember that uh, there are books there for sale. These are different from the usual books. You can find all kinds of history books out there, and his story is his story, isn't it? It's not your story, it's his story. It's who has been appointed to be the authorized historian for that era. And most histories, as we know, are certainly slanted, and generally half the truth is omitted, and sometimes it's just blatant falsehood. And that's what we're given for the past. So I show you in books how the tricks of the mind are played upon the public, how they're used, the techniques of mind control, which have always been here always been here for thousands of years. And that's why big uh, tyrants could rise and rule for a thousand years or so with their families, uh, generation after generation, because they knew how to control the minds of millions through various religions and, and other techniques. And they understood the herd mentality, and there is such a thing, unfortunately, as the herd mentality. So buy these books. It will show you how to deprogram yourself. You actually will be deprogrammed as you start reading through them. And you'll, you'll find out that you're not thinking in the, the usual linear fashion that you're supposed to think in. Uh, that's the way you've been programmed at school and through the media. It's just like a, a mathematical formula. You come to the end conclusion by the way they use the language and by, because they understand your logic, just like a computer. Now... Remember, too, that you're the audience that brings me to you, so you can buy these books, you can buy the discs, and so what I have for sale. That will help me just tickle over, and hopefully uh, I'll be here again for another few weeks or months or whatever. It's up to you. Uh, there's lots out there. Take the material I put out and spin it off in a thousand directions. I try to stay on track and show you that uh, you shouldn't panic. The world literally has been running this way for an awful, awful long time. And I think Charles Galton Darwin got it right when he said that there's always been slavery in one form or another, all down through history. It's never really, it's just changed its appearance. He says now we're, we're in the, the position of creating a new, more sophisticated form of slavery. We've been through serfdom, then wage slavery, and consumer society, but still stuck to the wage slavery. Now we're going into the new system of communitarianism and world service, as they call it. No doubt they'll give us so, so many tokens so we can buy a few cheap things from China to amuse ourselves with for a little while before they break. And things will go on this way for quite some time. Now, to buy the books, remember, you can use personal check from the U.S. to Canada. You can also use an international postal money order from the U.S. to Canada. 
and you can use PayPal for donations and to order. Just send a separate email uh, with your name and address and the order along with the PayPal donation, and I'll get it out to you. Same across the rest of the world. And uh, there's also MoneyGram, remember, and Western Union. Western Union's kind of hefty with their fee for wiring. So there's try MoneyGram or just cash. Some people just will just send cash. And as I say, don't panic with this big world agenda. Uh, there's no point in panicking because if you knew half the stuff 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you're probably panicking then as well. And life does go on. It's altered all the time, certainly with our inoculations and everything else that's done to us. But we're, we're not all finished yet, put it that way. And remember, those that don't want to know generally are unable to know. Remember that, they're unable. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. Remember the matrix is the world you're born into. It's a big system. It's got lots of compartments and you are compartmentalized, really the way you're raised and, and indoctrinated and how the media takes over and even entertainment, big part entertainment, of course, for predictive programming, getting you used to ideas that are still to come. And uh, there's hardly a movie you could watch today that really isn't full of uh, sustainability and riots and all the, all this kind of stuff as, as civilization supposedly alters and goes down the tubes. Uh, there's so many disaster movies out there, too, to tell you that, oh, my goodness, this whole fragility of civilization just literally hangs on a thread of uh, special people above you. So obey the special people. This is, this is what this is what's going to happen if you don't, you see. And they know what they're doing in Hollywood, and they get big money even from the Pentagon to put this kind of stuff out. That's been well exposed in the past. But people lap up this stuff, and they... And they they, they chomp away on their on their candies and so on in the cinemas and get programmed and they've hardly an opinion to pass on anything or a memory even to remember anything in detail. But what they do remember is the the, the embedded parts that are meant to stand out in a movie of uh, people getting uh, starving to death or uh, that kind of stuff. That's why they churn these things out. There's embedded parts in them that are bed, embedded with emotional scenes coupled with the right kind of music and the right kind of camera angles and so on. It's a, an old, old art because all this stuff was used in even the ancient drama on the stage. But what is civilization anyway, when you think about it? Civilization was the first real slavery system because civilization depends upon an agricultural society and those who were forced to till the soil in ancient times were the first slaves. They were conquered peoples, generally run over by uh, or ruled over by nomadic-type tribesmen. And the word citizen comes from city. They had city-states, as they called them. And uh, city-states were dependent on everything they needed to, uh, for survival coming into the city. And it's no different than today. Uh, Plato talked about cities being the beehives for progress, as they call it, progress along the line of um, today you call it the great work, perhaps, or along the lines of um, a definite plan or idea or agenda. Because inside a city, nothing is natural. The culture isn't natural. It's given to them. Um, 
very often a religion is given to them differently from those outside on the rural areas, the so-called those on the heath or the heathens, and uh, and they're meant to feel superior than everyone else. But what it really does too is allow uh, a scientific class of intellectuals to to study, uh, be trained, a leisure class. And even the word for school comes from the Greek word for leisure, in fact. And so, uh, with the understanding of these the, these characters who were trained um, during the leisure periods into how society was run, they could then study and take time and study humanity very, very, very well. And basically, just like they do today with anthropologists, sending them off to supposed primitive tribes, they studied the, ancient, the, the people in ancient times as well. But the big philosophers in Greece also talked about the, how delicate society was in this so-called civilization, because not only were they at uh, risk of losing everything or being conquered by other city-states uh, over generally over um, more land and, and wealth, uh, the, the, because psychopaths rise to the top, of course, in the city is the beautiful place for it to happen. Today we have countries for the same thing to happen. But civilization was a, a tenuous thing because they also knew that uh, in times of bad harvest and stuff like that, even in ancient Egypt, uh, things would get pretty rough. And you'll find in the records of Egypt that when they, they didn't get the flood they were expecting along the Nile, they would actually turn to cannibalism. The wealthy ones, that is, on the poorer folk, I should say. And they even had uh, tricks of uh, when people were riding through on carts through the alleyways, the streets, uh, people on the, the, the floors above them literally would throw down lassoes and haul them up for dinner. So uh, civilization depends, on, as I say, on a power elite structure, a leisure class, an, intel, uh, an intellectual class, a warrior class, because they always um, use the elite to run the armies, to create armies, and they must have a monetary system of some kind to keep it going. Uh, money in ancient times took different forms along the way. They used to create little wedges of money, little triangular-shaped pieces that were literally chiseled off with a chisel, a cold, ch- a cold chisel, off a, a flat piece of silver. Silver was the, the most commonly used material before gold. And what they did eventually, too, was when they got gold, very soft metal in its pure form, they wound it round the arm, uh, just like a, a long bracelet right down the forearm. And you get hints in the Bible of uh, certain personages cutting pieces off to pay for something because it was weighed at the time. And it wasn't until about the 8th century BC or so that the first coins were actually minted before that was all weighing. So money is the key to what they call civilization. What it means is, is that a dominant minority can rule over the majority. That's what it really means. In a state of incredible luxury, uh, far beyond the ken of the people at the bottom, and even in the people in the middle, far beyond their, their kin. And, as I said, the interesting thing is, too, is, is how the ancients knew that their system was tenuous, as I say, from natural uh, disorders, famines, uh, plagues, for instance, uh, and war, always war, always the fear and threat of war. Well, it's no different today, really. Uh, in a global society, when you're running out of enemies, and this is the key to it all that's happening today, they must create enemies. And they, they also use geopolitics 
and strategy, long-term strategy, a man's lifetime, maybe two men's lifetime, that goes through a plan of knocking down different countries after using them, but knocking them down like dominoes in order to standardize them into the one system of globalization and the same um, indoctrination of education, exact same one worldwide, so that a person from India eventually will be talking on the same language on any topic uh, about uh, and agree with everyone else. Everyone will have the same standard opinion with the same indoctrination. That's the idea. And humanity adapts very well into all kinds of societies we have in the past. And when you think about it, how did people ad- ad- adapt really into being serfs, for instance, across Europe and across um, other other areas as well, serfdom? Serfdom is a nice term for a slave. And the term slave itself is from the Slavic because apparently they were the first to be used by a certain people who lived around that particular area a long time ago. And then eventually uh, slaves were used as well in Africa, uh, often by Africans themselves as they conquered other tribes. So uh, the dominant minority, they say, always tends to be hereditary. And if you've got hereditary people who've come down through centuries and centuries of special breeding, always intermarrying into their own families and extended families, to if it's too close to their own gene pool, of course, they do have little monsters turned out, uh, things that are rather ugly. And uh, then if you get new blood into it to get the strain looking kind of normal again and behaving a little bit normally. Uh, but they do tend to keep money within their own Families. That's what the Rothschild did, for instance. The Rothschilds were not the first banking family in, in history. You had ancient banking families funding ancient wars, and, and even uh, you'll find that uh, with uh, some of the Greek philosophers who were married to what were the international bankers of their day. So money goes along with everything, including all your strife, because when it becomes a substitute for barter or even the things you basically need, or it's, and it certainly does take away the ability of two men to barter on their own. Now you've got a third party coming in with money, and then if you train the people to use the money rather than and forgo their own ability to barter and exchange things for themselves, and then you've got a hierarchy of people with the shysterism dealing with the money and percentages and compound interest and all the con games that go on under the sun. But then they know this system will not go on forever. And even when you into the long-term agendas with the NATO group, the think tanks for the NATO countries and the U.S., with their 30, 40 years of rioting that they foresee, this is their official stuff. It's up on the archives on my website. And the reasons that would come about would be partly from lack of food. So rationing is coming in, whether we like it or not. That's on the cards. And they're also cutting back, and they have been drastically reducing for 50 years all small farmers. Because the agenda will have only international corporations only running all the food supply. The same that was international corporations running their own special areas. International is the word, international corporations. They don't like small private business at all. In fact, they've persecuted small businesses for 40 years in Europe until there's hardly any left at all. Everything's chains. 
they don't want people being independent, you see. And if you're independent, regardless of the laws that are passed for a chain, then you can go outside that and do your own thing and pass on food to people if you want to, even if the chains are forbidden to through rationing. Everything that has been thought out is seen a warfare strategy. There's nothing being left to chance for what's to come up. And I'm not saying this to terrify you. It's just basic warfare. And what you've got to realize is that every generation who's ever lived has been under a form of warfare of one kind or another. It's either economic or it's, it's, um, it's through war, little physical wars, or even cold wars, all to keep control over the people who are afraid beneath them. Been used forever. They don't give a generation peace. Back with more after these messages. I'm Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. I don't know why I started off in this topic, but it just pops in my head. I don't, I don't plan my talks in advance, and sometimes it's good to sort of go over what's happened in the past to bring us up to speed in, t- in today. A lot of people today literally get their, their history from Hollywood movies, and I've read studies and articles before on the air uh, about that, uh, showing that that's, that's a version of history that children who are visually orientated today especially, um, that's what they believe is reality. And therefore they can be shown any reality uh, about the past, uh, however fake it may be. But uh, as I say, there's always been uh, slavery forms, slavery in one form or another. There's also been uh, really no time when people had much of, of peace, uh, a single generation actually living through an era of peace. It just hasn't happened uh, you know, it's not allowed to happen because, see, those who rule the countries also used to plan wars between them as well when things were getting a bit too stale and people were becoming a bit too easygoing. They'd be reluctant to obey laws that were getting put out or pay extra taxes. And so they'd drum up a war between them, even in ancient times, uh, just to get it off the off the, the go. And people suddenly would turn to their governments and say, save us, protect us. And that got them back in shape. So... These tricks were always well understood, and the beauty of it was in ancient times too often you would have cousins who were kings opposing each other, even all done through the Middle Ages. You'll see that with Britain um, fighting France and other countries when really they were all cousins, all the, the royalty were cousins of each other. So the techniques are ancient, old as the hills, as they say. And the families that kept wealth, like the Rothschilds, uh, didn't suddenly make it uh, by collecting rags. They were wealthy before that, uh, and they really were doing the exact same thing as royalty was doing. Royalty inbreeds to keep a hold of their lands and their power and their wealth, and, and the, the lenders did the same thing. Uh, they intermarried themselves to keep money within the families and right down to marrying their nieces, which is still a tradition today. Nothing new under the sun, as I say. But, however, they do run the top think tanks and they do look towards the future always because there's nothing more important to them than their own survival, being obviously the most advanced species on the planet, and that's how they think of themselves. And they have many ways to show that to each other or try and prove it to each other uh, about manifest destiny 
and how they're, they're chosen for this and chosen for that, and, and there's got to be a power behind them to direct them and keep them safe through all these centuries. They, they, they make up lots of nice kind of stuff to, to, to cover what they actually do. But it's also a natural thing, too, for those in power that don't have much else to do, is to always look towards the future and see how their own survival can come about. That's what all the sustainability really is about, is it train the masses to eat less and consume less into the new post-consumer society. Um, and then, of course, we'll die off uh, gradually over a period of time because, you see, in the Western countries, most folk are almost sterile. And that was done as well by covert war, stealth war upon the public through inoculations and food. It was well. They don't come out at the top and have meetings in the 1920s about bringing the population down and then sit on it for the next 80 years. No, they have meetings in a world scale because, you see, they know they'll have to implement the plans and they know they're not going to get any volunteers from the general public. They just go ahead and do it. Britain was way ahead of a lot of countries in even getting this across to the public and the ones above the public, the more helping middle class, upper middle class that really were into bureaucracies, etc., uh, they brought a series of movies uh, on Quaterman, Professor Quaterman, uh, back in the 60s, I guess it was. And the story was really about, uh, oh, a terrible thing. It was a terrible story about a, a, an alien ship that was buried under Hobbs Lane in London. And all weird things happened. And eventually they decoded what happened to this ship. And they showed you this planet with this massive ants all crawling over each other. And the message then was overpopulation. That was, that was what the whole series was about eventually. All the other stuff to intrigue you and get you going, ooh, ah, was, was just to get you hooked to watch the story and implant the whole, the, 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 the possibility of overpopulation. So they don't sit back and wait for, for folk just to say, please sterilize me. No, they go ahead and they do it. So why the big shock when you find out they've actually been at it for an awful long time? Of course they have. The statistics all prove it as well. And it isn't just because, as Charles Galton Darwin says, if we can destroy the family unit and encourage women to go after buying cars and, and having things, their own houses and, and having a, a lifestyle of accumulation of goods, material goods, instead of a, a marriage partner, he said, then they'll have less children. They won't have bother with having children. That, that's pretty well happened, and again, in, across the Western world initially. And surveys that have been done have proven this too, that women can now freely say that maybe 45% of them or 50% say, I didn't really want children anyway, which is their right, of course. But they, they, they don't want that. They'd rather um, have the freedom to try and stay uh, immortally beautiful forever. That's really the, the big thing that's in women's heads. They don't see themselves getting older. Uh, some young guys, too, at the same time, don't see, this, see the same thing. They, they can't see themselves aging. They want to be Peter Pan forever, and they take aging awfully, awfully bad. Because, you see, Bernays and a whole bunch of them a whole long time ago, the guys that gave you the consumer society and used your unconscious motivations and emotions to get you to purchase items that you couldn't really afford, uh, also worked on the men and women and their psyches, and they created the youth society, the, the young generation. Uh, at one time, actors would be in their 40s and 50s, and they got younger and younger and younger until they give you these guys about 20 today on, on TV dramas that are supposed to be doctors. What a joke. Back with more after this. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. Just recapping, I suppose that's what it is, on life itself and life down through the ages and how people adapt. And people adapted into serfdom too. After one generation, they thought it was quite normal that your son or daughter would be a, a serf as well and you were bought and sold with the land. It was a better term than, than slavery. They didn't like using slavery in Christianized countries. And that's how the world really has been. Um, you think about wars themselves too in conscription where where people can just, uh, people you've never met and probably never will meet can have you conscripted to go and, go and fight for a war you don't even understand. Although they'll always give you a basic propaganda story that's, that's meant for children, very simplistic. Here's the evil guys over there. They're evil, 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 and that's good enough. And you go off and try and kill them. Uh, but you never see the long-term planning involved and, I say, the geopolitics and who profits from it and what's their next move after that. I can remember during the, the Vietnam era, uh, there was a, a leak came out at the time from a, a guy who was in the CIA, and he said, he says, oh, we're working on wars that will be coming up in the next 40, 50 years. So they weren't stopping with Vietnam. No, they were already planning things way down the road. That's how they do things. And they also know by statistics and using RAND Corporation and various other organizations what death tolls will be from war and starvation and all the things that go along with warfare. They have a pretty good, accurate account of what will be in any particular area. And right now we have a war on this very, very strange thing called terror, you see. It's not a person. It's, it's really a, it's a state of being, like emotion of freaking out. Uh, that's what terror is. And you've got a war of terror, really, uh, where they'll keep this going. They'll keep it going. It was a must-be thing to bring into the world, regardless of how much you can expose about it and the causes of it and its beginnings. It makes no difference. As I say, if, if God came down himself, they'd have to nuke him, because this is the agenda. And they never change their minds. So they're under the guise of terror. They've taken everybody's rights away. They've given themselves all the rights to spy on every single person, even though they were doing it long before that, uh, covertly, uh, illegally. But what is legal and illegal anyway? Making it something legal is just a stroke of a pen with a bunch of judges, and that's it. It's now legal. So they, get, they can make, give themselves a right to legally do whatever they want, basically. And it's another thing, too, we're all conditioned to obey the law. Well, how come we have to obey it, but the guys at the top don't? And as I say, they'll even change the law when it suits them to do whatever they wish. Well, it's obviously not there for the people. It never ever was. It's never there for the general public. And anything that's in the defense of the general public will be demolished, obviously, too. Getting back to the youth culture uh, that was developed, and it really came out in the, in the 40s, 50s, and right on to the, the present time, uh, they said that they would uh, create a youth culture and separate the generations. That way, um, that those who were older would have less respect of life itself from those who were young. They would view everyone over a certain age as being an old fogey, uh, antique, uh, don't listen to them, and ugly even. 
or, like a lot of the movies, they churn out the person who is elderly is, is generally senile. That's how they portray them. And they've created a Peter Pan culture where no one wants to age. I mean, look at the money the plastic surgeons are raking in. Incredible money to try and make people look young. It doesn't matter what you look like. It's, it isn't changing what you are within. Your organs are still dying off and all the rest of it. So, you know, but that's what they want today, uh, a youth culture, because it's, it's youth that will accept and adapt very fast to all changes. And now you have an older older generations trying to adapt alongside them and be trendy with the young. This is all psychology and planned uh, from on high. Nothing happens by itself in this world. And they do plan to bring in this reduction of population over a set period of time till they get their ideal set population. Then they'll go into transhumanism as they create better slaves for them. uh, But in the meantime, we've got to go through the hell of the big changes. That's really what we're going through now. We're being taught that now. Those at the top have put all their faith in science. Before they called it science, they called it nature. If we could understand nature... And the, the workings of nature, we can control the world. And that's what they used to say in the old mystery religions. Now it's just science, you see, all different varieties and types of sciences. And we have been bioengineered for a long time, uh, tampered with by inoculations, no doubt whatsoever about it. Look at the history of the famous names that come out with the great inoculations. And when they belonged to eugenical societies, whose main mantra was to bring down populations and turn the hero uh, as they try to eradicate some disease and inject you all, you really, um, I have to say, I really have to say this, um, you've already lost it if you go and get the injection. You've lost it. There's nothing to save, to be honest with you. Your common sense should tell you that guys like Dr. Salk, for instance, um, who championed depopulation and eugenics and suddenly became the, the, uh, the great leader that, that gave us the sock vaccine, still was a eugenicist afterwards, obviously. So what did he put in the stuff? Well, we know what they put in the stuff. At least we know what, a good part of what they put in the stuff. Not at all. They'll never disclose all of it. But we do know that sterilization is a big thing. We know the IQ plummets as well when the children gets their, get their first uh, uh, set series of injections because it causes a fever in where? Where's the fever located? It's in the baby's head. What's in the head? The brain's in the head. That's called common sense. And it kills off brain cells in the process. Interesting, too, you find these these uh, magnetic imaging with the ultrasound that they're doing as well for babies in the womb. Made it a big, big fad until you, 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 you're having your breakfast and someone sends you with these one of these awful cards and there's a baby in the womb. And this is my baby, yada, yada, yada. And then they come out years later and tell you that the studies have found that uh, when you basically use uh, these ultrasounds, which are just a different frequency of microwave, by the way, uh, it heats up the live tissue. And uh, the baby's skull contains the, the brain like a pot, you see. And so the brain heats up and you kill off brain cells. Well, this is not by mistake. Nothing happens on this level by mistake. There are so many levels of checking and experimentation. They don't do this kind of thing or put things in the market by mistake. They know what it wants to cause. And it isn't until you realize they had meetings in the 60s and the 50s at the United Nations on ways to lobotomize the human brain to make placid, obedient people. That they've actually been doing it. And they're still at it. 
Why should they stop doing it? You know, the doctors don't know what they squirt into you with these injections. They take it all in faith. They don't go off to some laboratory and check it out for themselves. Everything is faith-based, so how easy it is to put anything at all in some ampule and uh, get someone to inject it. It's all faith-based. And the more naively stupid that people are, the more they'll accept it as there to help them. And the evidence is all out there, so I won't go over it all. But we are living in a horror show, as I say. Now, back in the 70s, it came out from the, I think it was the U.S. Agricultural Association, that uh, they'd, uh, they'd mistakenly put human genes into pigs which got on the markets. And now they didn't know which pigs they were and all the rest of it, and I'm sure this still goes on. In other words, it turning into a form of cannibal, in a sense, you see. And now from Britain, the, in the BBC News, uh, they've got cloned cow offsprings. Uh, their, their meat's been sold in the UK food chain. Well, I bet it's not the first one either. It's, it's kind of sensational in the news. It's a story, as you see, it's sensational. But it's no big deal really about it, and most folk won't take up about it either. Because uh, they don't really care. We're all degraded to such an extent. Most folk don't care. Or we have dropped, literally, and I mean this, we've dropped so many IQ points that, uh, and our own ability for self-preservation, as I've always said, has been destroyed. And Arthur Kessler and other ones talked about that back in the 60s when they worked for the United Nations. They would target areas of the brain and the public wouldn't need them anymore because those parts of the brain gave them self-preservation instincts and the state would be making all their decisions for them, so they wouldn't need them. That's what they said. So did Galton Darwin. So why be so shocked when it's been done? And as I say before, don't waste your time trying to wake up people who cannot be woken up. It isn't that they, they, they don't want, just that they don't want to understand you. Most folk can't. You're seeing, this, you're seeing the effects, the end result of a war, a physical war on their mind, on their brain. That's why they can't uh, uh, be suspicious of things. You see, a wild animal, as Charles Galton Darwin said, he said a wild animal uh, has all, retains all its survival mechanisms. He said, and we, the elites, must retain our survival mechanisms to guide the planet. And that includes being suspicious, using your common sense, your intuition, and all the rest of it. But again, Getting back to the, the latter part of the quote, he says, but the, the masses won't need it because the state will be making all their decisions for them. So I'll put this link up about the clone cow offspring if anybody really cares. I don't think that too many people do, to be honest with you. It's kind of old hat, this kind of stuff happening as we're trained to go into the new food, food systems and eventually maybe even the soil and green. I think but the public have been so debased today, uh, soil and green, uh, would be no big deal to a lot of them. And, and uh, you'd always get the ones coming up first just, just to show how well they are, you know, like the old rock stars used to do, doing outrageous stuff. And then again, too, you get these... Whenever they give you anything about science, it's antique science they're telling you, even if they're saying they're just doing it now or working on it. And from the Globe and Mail Toronto, they've got an article, and it's, it's called The Thought... It's a thought that counts. A computer screen displays Chris Amwan's brainwaves... Um, for the Globe and Mail. So it's about how your brain waves can be used in computer games and etc. Maybe even use musical instruments down the road and blah, blah, blah. This is old, old stuff. Old stuff. They, whenever they announce something, remember, it's 50 years, 60 years behind the times, maybe more. 
maybe a lot more in fact. So there's a Globe and Mail article there, and there's a Globe and Mail article uh, from the same about the same topic as well, a company that's making this stuff. So I'll put both of these up for you as well. Uh, people really have to get that through their heads that that you're kept in a matrix. You're taught to believe you're in the cutting edge. And when you believe that, and someone comes along and says, you know, they're using ELF waves on you and blah, says, oh, they can't do that yet. I, I read popular science. <laughs> That's how they keep you in that, that never-never land. An article from CNSN News is about Arizona being sued by uh, the ACLU and uh, Obama himself. And... Um, I think it's uh, Holden as well. But it's interesting because um, it says Sheriff Babu is hopping mad at the federal government. He told the news that uh, help law, to lo- help law enforcement in Arizona stop the hundreds of thousands of people coming to the U.S. states illegally. It isn't just the fact they're coming in. It's, it's the thing. It's, it's the fact that there's, there's federal troops coming over from the Mexico uh, with, with the drug gangs to guard them and shooting people along the way as well. That's all part of it as well. And she's a sheriff expecting the government, the federal government, to enforce its own laws. And instead of getting help from them, they're, they're, they're getting taken to court for it. He says here, uh, what's very troubling is the fact that at a time when we in law enforcement in our state need help from the federal government, instead of sending help, they put up billboard size signs warning our citizens to stay out of the desert in my county because of dangerous drug and human smuggling and weapons and bandits and all these other things. And then behind that, they drag us into court with this ACLU. And he says, so who's partnered with the ACLU? And he told them it's the president and attorney general, Eric Holder himself, and that's simply outrageous. He goes on to say, too, that our own government has become our enemy and is taking us to court at a time when we need help. Well, there's nothing as obvious as that, is there? And if it's as obvious as that, that, that your government's turned into your own enemy, then what are you going to do about it? See, that's really what the bully does at school, you know, when he pushes you. And you say, don't do that. You say, what are you going to do about it? And you've got the option to run away or lick his boots or to punch him in the nose. That's your options. And that's really what the government's, the federal government's saying here is, what are you going to do about it? And it's also a message that you're not meant to be, and it's a, we all know this, of course, but we're not meant to be national anymore or even have rights to a state anymore. Your constitution is out the window. You know, that, 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 uses, that, that piece of paper, that useless piece of paper that Bush referred to. And uh, they're telling you you're international, and they want all this immigration to come in. That's, that is what it's all about. Because they have signed agreements on world levels and with NAFTA for unlimited, basically, labor to cross the borders. So they don't bother with constitutions or bills of rights and all the rest of it. Remember, they believe in evolution, and that means evolution of society and the system to suit themselves. That's what they mean by evolution. They will change it to suit themselves always. And then we find, too, from the Washington Post, I think it was, um, that uh, they're pretty well saying in this article by Mark Tyson uh, that uh, 
that WikiLeaks is a criminal enterprise that the U.S. should basically go after and do whatever it takes to stop uh, Mr. Asanga. I mean, they don't say knock him off, but that's pretty well what they're saying at the same time, if you read, if you really read it. So when someone tries to expose the machinations of things which are to be kept secret from the general public and the whole world, in fact, then uh, I guess that's, that's what they're going to do, is start knocking people off. Because we're not supposed to know the real reasons for invading Afghanistan or the real reasons for going into Iraq or the real reasons that they want to go into Iran. We're not supposed to. We're supposed to pretend and, 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 and behave as if we're five-year-olds and say, yes, Massa, each time the big boss speaks to you and says, this is what's happening. Have you got that? And you say, yeah, Massa, you got, got it, Massa. But if you try to go further, because you know it all stinks, and it's, it's a far bigger agenda, then they're going to come after you. See, it's not your world, it's their world. Those who rule the world, it's their world. It's their system. And remember, you're in a post-democratic system. You're under, under an authoritarian system now. That's what you're really being trained into. Post-democratic, expert-run, authoritarian system. I remember hearing a woman from the United Nations talk about this very thing. And she wasn't a public relations expert either. She didn't even pretend to be nice to, to the reporters. She was aloof and arrogant, I mean really arrogant, and talked down to them as ch- like children, naughty children. And she said that um, the, United, the United Nations is not a democratic institution. It's an institution of experts who one day will be used uh, to control society. Well, it's here, folks. Mind you, she'll do what she's told by the very rich people who run the world and who set up the United Nations. You know, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, CFR. Back with more after this. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. You know, the best thing you can do is have a few friends that you guarantee you'll, you'll help each other out with uh, in, in times of trouble. That's the best you can do in any of this, because the big agenda, as we know, is, is a, a takedown over a period of time, and um, things will get pretty bad. Uh, they, they will bring in rationing when it's time. There's no doubt on that. They've talked about it from Chatham House, and that's the headquarters of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, for years I've talked about this, and they have the five, the five agribusinesses basically running most of the farming today, and again run through your own federal government. So most governments buy the grain, like Canada, they buy the grain from the farmers and they distribute it and sell it off, and so on. So they've taken control of all the means to live and survive, almost all of them. So it's up to you all to help yourself, and that's really the most you can do. In this world, most of the public will never know what hits them as they go down. They've been going down for years and never knew what hit them, most of them. They go there. I actually think about that. Whole generations were born, lived, fought wars, died, never knowing what was really going on. And it hasn't changed today. It's just the same today. Most don't want to know or they can't know. They're, they're, they're too far gone. They don't have that survival capability. It has been destroyed in their brain, literally, physically destroyed. And, and they can't understand. And they're still at it too in the, in the, big, the mainstream with uh, this article here. Uh, six cities to train mail carriers to dispense anti-terror drugs. 
I, first of all, when I read it, I thought, well, are, they going to, are they going to use mail carriers to dish out Valium, I mean, anti-terror drugs? That's what I thought, you see. Uh, because terror, as I say, is all this weird, it's a, terror, it's a strange word, isn't it, terror? Uh, it's not a person or a place or, you know, an army. It's a condition. And um, what it is, is supposedly, if, if it's a biological uh, outbreak, a weaponized outbreak like anthrax, I guess the posties are supposed to run around disposing of the stuff, dispensing it all over the place. Uh, crazy, crazy. But the articles like this are meant to keep the hype going and make you think there's a real, real t- terror out there, big nasty things to come. You see, keep you on edge so that government, when they come out and speak, you sit and listen to them and, and, and bow, you see, and okay, save us. That's what it's about. Save us, please. And I'll put these at links up, remember, at cuttingthroughmatrix.com at the end of the show for you to read yourself. And there's also an article from Chatham House I'll put up about the energy uh, depletion they're going to bring out over the years and their policy, etc. It's beautiful as well. They actually say, the study by independent research group Chatham House, independent research group Chatham House, this is the, one of the biggest organizations on the planet. Every m- member of parliament in, in Europe, for the whole of Europe, the EU parliament is a member of this organization, Royal Institute for International Affairs-Council on Foreign Relations. Every top editor is a member of it. Every top journalist is a member of it. All your newscasters are members of it. To give you your reality, obviously, you have to control it all. But they really want to bring down uh, or bring up the, the, their targets for reducing emissions big time. That means if they cut them by half, obviously half the folk have to freeze to death in the winter. I hope you understand what they're talking about here. And they want to close down about 30% more uh, generating plants at the same time as they're cutting back on, on electricity and various other forms of energy. Quite something. Now that's the music coming in. And I think uh, they were talking about possibly northern lights tonight uh, from the Aurora Borealis. And, uh, and hopefully if it's clear somewhere, somebody might just get a chance to see it. From Hamish, myself, in Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. 